0: The Forward Together podcast from Hollywood Trust, with Paul Gosling and Jared Dean. Welcome to episode thirteen of the Forward Together podcast. My name is Jared Dean, and I'm joined today, as always, by Paul Gosling. Paul, how's the form?
1: Hi, Jared. Fine as usual.
0: Good stuff. Okay, so this podcast. As um, a conversation with people from broader civic society as well as uh, politicians, and we're looking at four issues increasing the civic voice, creating a more shared and integrated society, dealing with the past, and the constitutional question. And for this episode, Paul, you met with Jim Dorn. Yeah and Jim's a well-known
1: figure, a professor of health um, and he is by family background a unionist, but by attitude he is an integrationalist uh, and he believes in the eventual aspiration of United Ireland mm-hmm. by consent, but believes that uh, as he, we will hear today that uh, you know it's the wrong time to have a border pole. But, but yeah Jim yeah. is a very interesting person, not least because he actually in his work, Helped to integrate the health system within Ireland, and he was pivotal in arranging for health, heart surgery for children at Dublin to be available okay. uh, uh, for people in the, in, the, in the north. And you know, it, we'll hear today that he's very str- of the very strong opinion that we need a health
0: service that operates across the whole of the island of mm. Ireland. Okay, but the first thing that, that Jim talks about is the political vacuum and, and how that might have helped civic society to actually have their voice heard. That's right. And he's very explicit, uh, saying
1: that uh, the Northern Ireland office, uh, Karen Bradley, Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, um, should uh, basically uh, create a mechanism for the civic voice to be heard. Mm. And and he's saying, you know, well, he he welcomes the movements within civic nationalism to have a voice, but also wants a stronger conversation within civic unionism and wants the two strands of society to come together yeah. so you have a civic voice that
0: expresses the needs of our society. Aye, without the, the attached labels. Yes, that's right, exactly. He, he also references uh, the need to re-energise the Good Friday Agreement. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's clearly uh, an individual who's very frustrated
1: about where we are and, and what we've lost and mm. the fact that we haven't had that momentum that we expected out of the Good Friday Agreement.
0: Yeah, and, and he talked about you mentioned earlier, he thinks we're not ready for the border poll. Um, why is that? Uh, basically, because we haven't had those conversations
1: yeah. about what a united Ireland would look like. Mm. You know, and I know some of these things from the other conversations I've had with Jim, not just on this tape. That you know, that he he believes that we need to think seriously. Well, how would the economy work? Mm. How would the health system work? You know, we need to sit down. And actually have a clarity
0: about what a united would look Ireland would look like before we actually vote on it. No, and he does. He, I think he goes on to talk about experts in society have a have a role to play there. I think he, one of the other things is. Um, he talks about the constitutional question, not always having to come and play for absolutely everything and health being the prime example.
1: Well, that's right. I mean, to be honest, there are certain things which just make sense. You know,
0: he refers to
1: the, the, you know, the Goldilocks size of Ireland. You know, we as an island, have the right size for an integrated health system. It Mm. doesn't really make sense that we have a separate health system for 1.8 million people, which, to be blunt, doesn't work very well, Mm. when in the South you've got a system for another 5-plus million people that also doesn't work very well, a bit less than 5 million. But actually we've got a system that if you brought the two systems together and have an understanding about how they would work together, then actually you could have a much better system operating both North and South. And we know from research that, you know, the South it has a system which is actually very expensive yeah. for, the, for the outcomes it produces. It doesn't have a system that works very well, but actually the waiting lists in the north are unacceptable as mm. well. So, you know, we, we need systems on both sides of the board that need to be performed, and, and Jim's, you know, an expert himself yeah. in
0: saying that he integration works. Exactly. Yeah. OK, well, let's hear from Jim Noy. And just a wee note as well, they say, there's a few email notifications bouncing on somebody's phone during the interview. Just be aware of them and we'll move on from there. Okay.
1: I'm now with Professor Jim Dornan a well-known figure in Northern Ireland. Jim, thanks for being interviewed. Uh, let's head straight into it. How do we strengthen civil society in ways that enable us to make progress?
2: Well, I think the, um, we've always got to do look at the materials we're given. And at the moment, there is a political vacuum in Northern Ireland, and that has helped civil society get its act together. So I think there are an awful lot of willing people out in all parts of society that weren't seen as being political, with a small P or a big P, in the past who now want to come together. So I'm, I'm welcoming civic nationalism, I'm welcoming civic unionism, but I'm even more welcoming a combination of both, and I think there's a great opportunity for the middle ground which uh, I think is becoming a very interesting part of politics to look at, uh, to come together and advise um, the. Uh, wings on either side, as we have in this part of the world, and try to desectarianise politics
1: in Northern Ireland once and for all. So you think that the, the, the void within party politics needs to be filled by a civic voice? That's right. I think it's happening, and I
2: think it's wonderful, and I think it's a great opportunity, and we can be a, a sounding board for the political parties if they want to take up uh, going forward. But you do get the feeling right at this moment in time that there is a yearning and an, uh, uh, that the people are searching for a middle ground and people don't want to be labelled going forward. Not everybody wants to be labelled going forward.
1: But do we need structures? I mean the Civic Forum um, ceased to exist. Yes. Um, so how do we make sure that we have the right voices that be heard rather than simply that people... Po- their own voices forward, and the, the, you know the most assertive person sure. uh, is the person that's heard, or else that the political parties don't actually subvert civic voices, so that it becomes a you know de facto party political debate under another name.
2: Well, I think you're right. That's exactly the danger. But I think a civic forum itself would be wonderful. It'd be great if Ms Bradley could uh, Bradley could sort that one out. That would be tremendous. Um, but I also think that um, the the two groups of people that we we really need to look to our young people and women. I think mean, women are great, and there are many uh, community women's groups. Many uh, there seem to be a very motivated uh, young um, people's forum throughout uh, the country, uh, north and south now. And I think we should really encourage them to uh, come to the fore. I think a lot of people are getting fed up with men in grey suits.
1: So specific, specific events focused around women, and separately focused around young people. Well,
2: certainly, I mean, I'm not saying focused necessarily, but starting off with that way, yes, I think that's good. I'm, I'm working with um, Connor Houston at the moment, and and we are working on hopefully coming forward and uh, and trying to re- regenerate um, and reavowing. Of the, the people of Northern Ireland uh, to the Good Friday Agreement. I mean, it, a lot of work went into it. It's, um, it in itself wasn't going to bring peace, but I think it's the one part in the last 20 years that uh, we could re energise it and we could all commit ourselves once more to the tenets of that agreement. And it's, um, I mean, it was a very clever and very well thought out agreement. Uh, suggesting all the different relationships within these islands. And I think that would be our starting block. So let's let's have conversations in the community and uh, use vehicles that are already present, community groups, etc., etc., who have got good funding over the years. So let's give them a template. Let's give them a template to start discussions in their own communities. Let's give them a, a pitch deck of how to how to lead conversations in our communities that will really see what we have what we all can agree on rather than disagree on.
1: Now, the objective needs to be that we achieve a, a, a shared and integrated society. So, yes. So how do we make progress towards that?
2: Well, I think we look at every tenant of our society, um, uh, everything, culture, health, Um, education, agriculture fisheries, digital age everything and let's get people like you Paul who worked yourself into being an expert on the economy and it's wonderful and I think we need to look at the experts in our society and bring them together so that they can give us honest views of um, what the future holds for this island on whatever dispensation we all go for at the end of the day. I think one thing that has come out a lot In the last week, Um, I'm not supportive of calling for a border referendum uh, poll at this stage, although I totally accept and in fact uh, relish one in the future. But one thing it has shown is that nobody's prepared. Nobody seems to know for sure. I mean, like, Apart from yourself, who has a fairly good idea of what an economy could look like in a new Ireland. But in fairness, I think you would agree, we have to see what the alternative is, what an economy would look like continuing the status quo. Um, are we as a people happy to continue to have a subvention for the next 50 years? Does that make us proud? Is that good? Is that the best way to use our resources? So I very much would like to see uh, the Secretary of State Set up um, uh, or support uh, a civic forum, and also support a a movement that would actually produce a dossier, not a government-delivered dossier, a independent dossier. But like to see her coming in behind it and see everybody, all the political parties playing. Yes, let's have facts as we move forward, uh, till when we eventually do get. To uh, the situation where we can address uh, what dispensation is best for uh, this island.
1: Now, when we're talking about a shared and integrated society, perhaps one of the things we should consider is the the health service on both sides of the border. Now, you were one of the originators of cross-border health sector collaboration through the opening up of the opportunities in Dublin for children's heart surgery being provided on a a cross-border basis. I mean, what can we learn from that experience?
2: Oh, everything. I mean, it's actually in many ways Ireland is a Goldilocks-sized country for um, health provision. And I think we can uh, look at uh, we can cherry-pick the best of health provision throughout the world and uh, let's Introduce it to Ireland. Uh, the Health Service is a wonderful concept i wouldn 't want to change one view of it of its uh, core benefits, uh, core um, tenants but But health is expensive nowadays, there's no doubt that prevention is important and treatments are important. So there are big decisions that have to be made. Our society in general has to take more responsibility for its health going forward. We can't just keep abusing everything and uh, expect any NHS to collect us at the end of the day. So somewhere, if you're asking me now, in a short interview, somewhere between Norway and New Zealand... It would be my perfect health service. For example, they have, um, um, in New Zealand, they have no no, um, blame culture. And uh, so you don't have to prove that somebody's done something wrong to get you to help uh, to look after your child uh, if it's got a genetic or an acquired problem.
1: Now, if I understand the the logic correctly for what you did, uh, it's broadly that we have an island with a population of what, about 6 million across mm-hmm. the island, 1.8 million in Northern Ireland and with those population numbers, the if you simply look at how to provide an effective health service, you're better doing it by spreading the specialisms, sharing the specialisms. Right. Uh, uh, is that broadly what you're saying?
2: Absolutely, although we still need to work at the infrastructure. There's certainly in the west of Ireland, uh, there's still a lot of uh, better roads required linking us all up, because at the end of the day, those are the things that have the biggest influence on the health of society, is access to um, uh, health services. And it's easy for people in Belfast and Dublin and uh, maybe Galway and Cork. But I think those cities down the west of our uh, island need to be connected. Um, You know, Derry, Galway, Limerick, Dublin, uh, uh, Cork and um but I totally agree with what you 're saying this i mean it is it is very, very manageable um, uh, the health service and, and I think in fairness, I think the two health services are increasingly working together, and uh, they 're full of men and women with vision um, Unfortunately, they also have some uh, dry wood amongst them, but as we 're moving forward, and uh, young. Uh, well-educated managers are coming through who really do understand how medicine uh, has to evolve uh, with the population. So I'm, I'm, I'm positive about health going forward, but I would like to uh, uh, see everybody having equal access to the same
1: health standards. And, of course, providing Brexit doesn't disrupt things, then you can still achieve a, a single all-Ireland health service provision system without dealing with the constitutional question.
2: Absolutely. I mean, that is a great thing. I mean, I think if we even, even if we look at um, uh, sport, I mean, football is about the only sport that isn't all-Ireland. Everything else is. So we didn't have to have a constitutional change for sport to work. So uh, you're absolutely right. I think... Uh, Health is a perfect example of something that we can get on with now, rather than uh, rather than uh, wait for
1: uh, a potential possible change in the dispensation. But dealing with the present and the future is made difficult by the failure to deal effectively with the past so how do we deal with the legacy of what happened during the troubles in particular
2: well to be honest with you paul i would encourage uh, the powers that be to brush down eames bradley i think eames bradley was a wonderful document and um, sadly For whatever reasons, some parts of the media, who are quite powerful, focused in on the um, compensation part, and that became the whole news item. About one or two lines out of the whole... Thing. And I've certainly had interesting conversations with uh, politicians at various levels. And I think if it was properly done, Eames Bradley has got a lot of life left in it and should be dusted down. I think it's just 10 years, uh, just over 10 years since it was published. And uh, why reinvent the wheel? It's there. And my understanding from talking to both Sides of our community that this could well be addressed again because it's going to be something along those lines. It's, I think, if one thing we've all learnt is that um, the the fallout of our 30 years of issues really, even I mean, it just wasn't worth it and it's not worth it. And we've got to try to address it. And uh, everybody must, uh, all everybody's problems must be addressed. There's a lot of mental health issues have been left behind. Uh, and that they need addressed uh, in in a proper and honest
1: way. But let's start
2: with Eames Bradley.
1: It's there. And so really, it's part of dealing with the legacy. It needs to be seen not simply in terms of uh, restitution or uh, justice, but also in how to deal with the health traumas that have left behind, but also about building reconciliation.
2: Absolutely. And a learning experience for us all so that everybody realises what the consequences, everything has consequences and we're now seeing what those consequences are. So rather than getting each other and producing um, and forming even more victims. Let's learn from it and let's be a beacon um, in the world for
1: other societies to
2: look at and learn from.
1: Now, the other big challenge that we face is to have the constitutional conversation because it has to be had. Mm -hmm. So how do we have that in ways that, uh, you know, don't inflame the present, that don't create new traumas? Well, I think,
2: for a start, everybody learns how to stop grabbing a microphone. I think we have to... We know that it's written in the Good Friday Agreement that when the Secretary of State feels that it's appropriate that there would be a referendum. I mean, starting to call for it now, honestly, is just not very savvy. It's not very politically savvy. And it's only annoying people. I appreciate there are those who have all sorts of pressures on them to do it, but that has to be taken out. It's a... It's, it's a fact that there's going to be a border referendum. Now what are we voting on? Well we're voting on facts so we need to have a conversation as a people to see what are the best ways forward and there is so much happening at the moment. Look what's happening over in England with the middle parties maybe, look what's happening in Scotland look what's happening in Wales look what's happening in America. It tells you that politics has never been as volatile as it is at the moment so for people, for leaders who are have got a good idea and they can prove that good idea with um, a proper facts rather than something written on the side of a bus, then when everybody's got all their ducks in a row and everybody's ready to say, look I think my idea of a new union of Ireland is best, I think my um, uh, idea of a Pratani or a Dalriada or whatever is best um, then I don't, you know, then then when we're ready, then let's have a quiet sensible adult um, vote on the subject I have to say that um, to me, um, I don't mind sticking my neck out saying that I would love to see the border disappear, because it just is divisive uh, but whether the border of any new dispensation would just be around our shoreline, or might include um, Um, Other uh, areas, I think that is um, really up for grabs. I wouldn't have said it five years ago, but I'm saying it now.
1: So it sounds as if what you're saying is, firstly, let's not have inflammatory language. And secondly, let's try and get an evidence base around what the different options are for the future of Northern Ireland.
2: Yes, I do think so. The future of Ireland, I would go as far as to say. I don't want to Ireland to be tagged on. I think we're part of a... We're a very, we used to be the, the powerhouse of Ireland uh, in 1916, and uh, uh, whereas Dublin was ghettoised at that stage. So it would be wonderful if we can have mutual respect and, and going forward so that everybody realises that everybody's got a part to play. Do you know, Ireland has got a great... One thing it's got, and that is it's got great people and it's got great um, friends throughout the world. And uh, the US, the EU, um, UK, uh, we'd all, I'm sure, would love to be part of the debate going forward and see how best we can help these six million people. It's not a lot. To, I, I heard recently for, for Mr. Veradker saying that Ireland was the centre of the world. And I have to say, I, I, I get that. And I think we've got a great chance to um, work with the materials we 've got, w- use our friends, use our influence, and use our people, uh, our diasporas in various parts of the world let's um you know really get excited about what a um, uh, 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 what peace uh, lasting peace could bring to this
1: island. It sounds almost a bit as if you're saying that we should have a similar attitude towards um, how we deal with the past, the present and the future in Ireland on both sides of the border as you would have if you're treating uh, mental ill health in the sense that you need to not deal with repression and suppression but actually uh, work out ways in which you have a mutually respectful, open and honest conversation which recognises the difficulties of the past and the present.
2: You just put it Together perfectly, Paul, and that's exactly right. And uh, and uh, there is a th- the great thing is that we we don't even have to educate our people to want to do that because they can do that. There are some great community groups. We've already got the the vehicles throughout the country, uh, which other parts of Western Europe don't have. Our people are engaged politically. And uh, do you know one of the <clears throat> best things in life is to say, do you know what? You're right. And um, we need an awful lot more of that in Northern Ireland and in the Republic of Ireland rather than sticking to deep, entrenched views simply that you learnt at your mother's knee. I think we have to say in the new world, um, you know what? You're right. And I think uh, I, the new politics of the future is not going to is going to be very, very different. And I think real professionals are going to get involved in running countries and uh, uh, professionals in their own area, and I welcome that hugely. Professor
1: Jim Dolan, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Paul.
0: Okay, Paul. So uh, a common theme came up again during the conversation with Jim that has come up with others, and it's about... Revisiting Eames Bradley, the the report that was done about a decade ago now. That's right. Yes, I mean, you know, Jim, as you say, like several other people that uh,
1: we've interviewed has has said, well, you know. When we're looking at dealing with the past, why do we keep looking for a different solution when Eames Bradley gave us a solution? Yeah. And actually, however much we look, we're not likely to find a better solution than Eames Bradley. So let's go back, read it again, and think about it again.
0: Yeah, right. we've taken ten years, and nothing else has come up since. Yeah. Okay. Um. But he also talked about people stabbing, grabbing the microphone when it comes to issues, particularly around the constitutional question. Um. And and that we need the best decisions on facts. That's
1: right, Uh, you know, evidence-based conversations. I mean, um, you know, when we had Tony Blair as prime minister, he used to say, you know, the the important thing was evidence-based policymaking. Yeah. Um I mean it's questionable to the extent to which we've had that in UK government recently. But absolutely clearly we do not have evidence based policy making in Northern Ireland. I mean we don't really have very much in terms of policy making at all. But yeah. you know, certainly we're not sufficiently and I'm sure academics would agree with this, we're not sufficiently basing decisions around
0: research and evidence and proof and facts. Mm. I, and just as we're supposed to finish, I think one of the things that was refreshing to hear from Jim, um was that we should just acknowledge when people are right, rather than sticking to our entrenched views. Absolutely, and and the other related point, which again comes back to one of the points that
1: several people that we've interviewed have said, is that we need to not be trapped into intergenerational consistency. Mm. You know, we need to be evidence based. We need to be open minded, and we shouldn't just accept that you know our parents determine everything we think about things we need to you know we need to have the ability and the confidence to think for ourselves you know and and we
0: need to actually have a more integrated society where we all work together for the benefit of everybody okay so that's it for another interesting conversation that's our forward together podcast thanks to jim for taking the time to meet with us and to emir doherty for production support so we look forward to talking to you again on future episodes The Community Relations Council for Northern Ireland supports this podcast through its media grant scheme and core funding programme.